are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. God is so powerful. But we've been taught in this world that we have to be powerful. That people have to see us as strong. People have to see us as having the answers. People have to see us as being prayer warriors. People have to see us as being preachers, as being teachers, as being all these things. But God doesn't want them to see us. That's the problem. He wants, us to see, he wants them to see Him in us. So they don't feel inadequate. But we're so busy propping up this image of us. And God's saying, it's enough. It's enough. If, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto myself, right? Say draw. So Peter's going through this time, right? How many think it's a lonely time? How many think it's a time where he feels like a failure? <laughs> hey, don't you ever, ever, let your feelings dictate your identity. Don't you ever do it. You let the voice of God tell you who you are. You get your identity from God. Not from how you feel or you don't feel. I have some good feelings on some days and I have some funky feelings on other days. Anybody ever wake up with some funky feelings? You're kind of like, You're looking at your shadow, you know, it's kind of like this. What, 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 what happened? I was sleeping, somebody violated my space, you know what I'm saying? What's up with that? So in Mark 16, turn there real quick. How many are still with me? I think it's Mark 16, I'm pretty sure it's Mark 16. Oh, it's all okay because it's a Mac. Mark 16. Jesus has died, right? He's rose again. And look at verse 7. He says this. Well, I'll start at verse 6. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go. Tell his disciples and Peter. Jesus never forgets about us. Ever. You may feel like sometimes he doesn't know where you're at and what's going on with you, but he's got the GPS. It's all dialed in. He knows exactly what's going on with you. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. I like that part. Just 
as he told you. What has he told you? Has he told you that I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Right? I'll never give you more than you can bear. But in the midst of the temptation or with the temptation, I will provide you a way of escape, right? What's the way of escape? Is it a, is it a trap door? Is it a hidden door? No, everybody say Jesus. See, your way out, you got to get this. Listen to me. The only way out, everybody say this with me, the only way out is in, in Christ. See, the only way out of your dilemma is in Christ. It's the only way out. That's the, that's the escape plan that you have. Do you know that you have a great disaster plan? The only way out is in Christ. You've got to get in Christ. Amen? You've got to get in. Turn with me to Hebrews 14. Just a few more minutes. How many are still with me? It's our last night. Might as well rock it, right? Everybody say lock and load. Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. 14. You know the scripture. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold, hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest. Notice what he's saying. We will never, ever have a high priest, listen to me, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin everybody say without sin so because of all this let us everybody say us do what approach the throne of grace with with confidence now let's keep going, because this is a really cool scripture here. It says some cool things. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may, everybody say may, may. receive mercy. Mercy triumphs over? Oh. So how do we get out of judgment? We get into Christ, who is mercy, right? Okay, let's keep going, because there's another really cool word here. Everybody say cool word. You're trying to control us, Daniel. I can feel it. <laughs> so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help. Everybody say help. Help is the coolest word ever. Help is the word frapping. It's a mariner's term. 
It's when they're in rough waters and they need to hold the ship together and they run the cables around the bow of the ship to hold it together. Here's what God says. Man, you can run into me when things are falling apart and you know what I'll do? I'll begin to wrap everything. I'll begin to batten up the hatches for you. I'll help you. I'll give you mercy. I'll give you grace. I'll hold it all together when you can't. Because I never called you to hold it all together. That's what I do. I hold it all together. Not me, God. I hold it all together. God holds it all together. You go, God, 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 we're sinking here. And God goes, you're not not sinking. But God, don't you know how deep the water is? Yeah, I'm wading in it right now. It's all right. You're going to be fine. But if we don't believe that God always has our back, has our best interest at heart, wants what's best for us, wants what's best for our children, is 100% protector, then we're going to have trouble. But if we believe that, God, you got it all. And, God, I'm I'm hanging on way too tight. And God is causing so much heartache and so much stress. And I feel like, God, that, 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 Lord, everything's falling apart. And God says, everything's not falling apart. Everything's coming together. See, setbacks usually become heaven's greatest setups. The devil goes, I got you. And God goes, you are just so slow. (laughs) No, God, I've had them since they were one. God said, I had them when they were none. When they were none. When they were, in my imagination, they were my idea. I've had them. They came out of me. Don't ever tell me you have them. See, even the alcoholic, the devil says, I got them. And the church goes, man, they're in, they're in trouble. And God goes, I got him. I got him when it's cold at night. I got him when they when they're thinking about life isn't worth going anymore. I've got them. They belong to me. So Peter's saying, God, you don't know me. And that's what the devil wants us to believe. That God doesn't know me. And if God doesn't know me, then God can't care about me. But his will is that that none should perish, but all should have what? Everlasting life. He didn't just say life. 
He said, everlasting life. But the devil looks at us and he goes, God doesn't even know who you are. You're all alone right now. He doesn't know anything, right? And if God could open your eyes, you'd see him sitting right here, just right next to you, saying, I got you. I got you. I, the Lord thy God, in the midst of you, I'm mighty to heal you. I'm mighty to save you. I will quiet you with my love and I delight over you with singing. The devil says, God doesn't know where you're at. God doesn't know your financial situation. And and then he adds this, and God doesn't care. And you know why God doesn't care? Because you didn't pay your tithe. Or you didn't forgive that person. God doesn't have a relationship with us like that. That's not relationship. Relationship is we're going to work it out together. We're going to walk it out together. I know that you're capable of sinning. I created you. I've spent enough time with you. I know what you're capable of. But I know with my breath the miraculous that you can do for me, the fruit that you can bear for me. Amen? So he's going to hold it all together. How many want him to do that? Then we have in John, okay? (laughs) People never go back. Never go back. Never go back to what you were doing. Never go back to a behavior that you really struggle with. Don't go back. Be still and know that he's God. But don't go back. Keep moving forward. In Philippians 3, Paul says this. Paul says, forgetting what's behind. Everybody say forgetting. Forgetting. Forgetting what's behind, I do what? Strain, I press on, right? Okay, listen to what he's really saying there. When I no longer maintain the things of the past, I have something to look forward to. Anybody in here maintain the things of the past? A bad attitude has to have a maintenance program. I'm serious. It's very hard to have a bad attitude every day. You've got to work at that. You've got to maintain that. Right? So they're all fishing. And Jesus said, you haven't caught any fish, right? We fished all night. But at your word, Lord, we'll let down the net again, right? Jesus told them exactly where to fish. Say exactly. Exactly. See? That's Psalm 1. I'll plant you perfectly next to the overflow. When no one else is catching anything, 
you'll be catching the fish. So he says, Peter, do you love me? Are you fond of me? Do you like me? Peter says, you know I love you, Lord. Peter, do you care? (laughs) Jesus, you know I love you. Then, so here it is. Then Peter, take care of my sheep. You see, you have secure identity now. You're ready. You're ready. And Peter, you don't even know you're ready. But while you've been in the dark, I've been rearranging things and moving things. And while you've been sad and while you felt like you failed, I've brought you through all those feelings. So now everything that you needed from everybody else, you don't need anymore. You're ready now. So you're ready to not all be concerned about yourself and what you look like anymore. But now you're ready to have something to give to the sheep in my kingdom. Because you're not going to be taken from them. But now you're going to be giving to them. And so... We have Acts. 120 are waiting in the room, right? Upper room, right? Filled with the Spirit of God. Peter steps out. The new and improved Peter. Right? The new model. The model that's capable of some amazing production for the glory of God. And he stands up and he preaches. And listen. He preached. And there was so much intimacy. There was so much connection with God. That they said. What must we do? To be in this relationship. To have what you have. How many say that's correct? To be saved, right? What must we do? Jesus tells them, and what happens? How many get saved? 3,000. How many think that's a pretty good new beginning? Right? How many say that's a good new beginning? How many need a new beginning like that? Okay? God says, I'm healing you. You've got to have secure identity. Because without it, everybody will be able to tell you who you are. Jesus, when the heavens opened up and his father said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, right? He had secure identity. He didn't go into the temptation with an identity crisis. 
And the devil tempted it with him. If you are the Son of God, then do this. Prove that you're the Son of God. He already was approved by his dad. He already was the Son of God. He didn't have to prove anything. Listen to me. You already are a daughter of the Most High God. You already are a son of the Most High God. And yet the devil's saying, prove that you are. But I want to tell you something. It's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life already. It's already been approved up there. He's already stamped it with his blood and his sacrifice. You already are. You already are. It's signed on it. You know what it says? Signed. Almighty God. Jehovah Sabaoth. Signed. Sealed. Delivered. No one can pluck you out of my hands. No one. But he's working on us, the enemy. He's working on us. You're approved. God doesn't need you to prove anything. It's so crazy. And I know we get wounded, but listen to me. It's so crazy. It's like you pay off your mortgage and you keep making your mortgage payment. But that's what we're doing. He's paid off your mortgage. Your house is bought and paid for with a price. Why do you let the devil keep coming and writing a new note on something that God's already paid for. That's serious, isn't it? He's always... Hey, word. If you sign right here, I can get you a better interest rate. (laughs) Pastor Lance, if you sign right here, there's a free Disney trip in it. So you got to know where to hit them. (laughs) No. You're bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus Christ. You, your name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You already, your thoughts your conversations about God are written down in the book of remembrance. Your sins are cast as far as the east is from the west. But you keep letting the devil drag you in and you're playing let's make a deal. 
you want. So that's the devil. Hey! Hey, right now, right over here. Yeah, here we go right now. Here we go. You can have the box right over here. Here's the box right over here. Or you can have right here. You can have in this little box. And God's going, take the curtain. Take the curtain. But he's making deals with us. And you know what's wrong with that? Is when did it become negotiable? Last night I could feel the presence of God. It's so cool. I'm gonna go back to my room tonight and go. Ah, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome. Ah. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you even at the table for the negotiation? If he is your paraclete, if he is your advocate if he is if it's true what daniel says that when the ancient of days sits in his place he always finds in favor of the saints why are you even at the table you have the highest attorney you can ever get he can argue his case like you can't believe. He can argue your case like you can't believe. And on that morning, at that time in Luke 22, with Peter, he was arguing his case with the devil and said, I have prayed for him that his faith will fail not. And when he's restrengthened, he is going to go and set the world on fire for me. Empathy. I have prayed for you. I prayed you through. Hebrews 7.25 he ever le- lives to make intercession for the saints. Okay? Validation. And God will release you into his plan. You've got to go in him to get out of your mess into Christ. How many are with me? So, you're in something right now, tonight. Some of you are in some things. And you're playing let's make a deal. How am I going to get out of this? How can I manipulate my circumstances? How, how, how can I get out of this? And God's saying, Hebrews 4. Run unto me. Come to me. You'll find grace. You'll obtain mercy. And you'll find help. I'll hold it all together for you. How many tonight need him to hold it all together for you? 
How many tonight is the devil negotiating with you? Let me see your hands. Right? He's got you at the table. I can get, now your house is paid for, but I can get you a better interest rate. I can make it easier for you to pay for that house. That's already been paid for. That's crazy. You're bought and paid for with a price. You're precious in God's sight. You take his breath away. So how many tonight would say, I'm tired of paying for this house? Let me see your hands. This is our last night. You know, I actually was going to preach on lying, but. I'm tired of paying for this house. I'm not my own. God has bought me with his blood. You say, you don't know what I'm going through. But I will tell you this. I can tell you, I can tell you something that I know for sure. You are going through. I don't have to know what you're going through. But I can tell you, I know who is going to take you through. Same guy that got me through cancer. I know Who's going to take me through? He can do it. So how many say, hmm, I've been doing a lot of negotiating lately, and I failed to read the fine print that says paid in full. Paid in full. But you need this, and when you get this, that's the devil, right? When you, when you get this, then, then, then things are going to turn around. No, God goes, you got me? There ain't nothing, that's not good English, but there ain't nothing else left to get. Isn't that the coolest thing? You only have to get him. So I want to close with this story. How many got about six more minutes? It's my last night. I got you right where I want you. So I want you to get this, and I may have told it before, but it's my favorite story, and it lays it all out perfectly. There was an old couple that lived in Eastern Europe, and he was an art collector. And he had a son. He was very proud of his son. 
And he had Renoirs and Monets. He had one of the most exclusive art collection in Eastern Europe. It was amazing. It's beautiful all through the house. Big, beautiful house. His wife got sick. And she didn't recover and she passed away. So he and the son, they, they started art collecting together. They started doing all these things together. And war broke out. So the son had to go off to war. So dad was in the house all by himself. He was lonely. So he kind of locked himself up and became a recluse. So he's in the house by himself. Several weeks went by. He, he didn't get um, any letters from the son. He didn't get anything. More time went by and he got a letter and the son was doing, you know, doing good. Everything was okay. Dad, don't worry about me. And then a long period of time went by. No letter from his son. He checked and he checked and he checked and he checked. No letter. And he's waiting. And he's wondering what happened. So one day he hears this at his door. And he hears it. He's kind of just isolated and alone. He doesn't want to go to the door. He hears this. He opens the door, and there stands two men. And they say, Sir, we've come to inform you that your son was killed. His heart sank. He went inside. He locked all the doors. He didn't talk to anybody. He didn't do anything. He was in a deep, dark depression. A couple months go by. All of a sudden, and this knock was so persistent. Got him up out of his chair in his study. He came to the front door. He opened the front door and there stood this young man and he had this giant brown wrapper all covered up, kind of tape funky, like it had made quite a, quite a, quite a distance of a travel. It's kind of beat up and, and whatever. And he says, hi, sir. You don't know me, but I knew your son. And I heard he was an artist. I too am a bit of an artist. And the dad says, come on in. And so they sit down in the study and this young man begins to tell him what a hero his son was. How his son saved his life. And he says, what do you have here? He says, well, I'm an artist and your son and I were together. And he was talking to me about it. So I drew this portrait. Would you like to see it? He goes, yeah. He painted it. He, he just begins to tear away. The old man goes, can I, can I do it? Can I look? So he unwraps it. 
And there is the most amazing rendering of his son in his uniform with this amazing smile on his face. His son, the hero. So he immediately goes over to the fireplace. Up above it, he takes off the Monet, this, you know, quarter of a million dollar painting or more, puts it down on the floor, puts the picture of the sun up on there, and he says, this will be my most prized possession. Pretty soon, another couple weeks go by, This time he's curious. Goes to the door. There stands a young, another young man. Sir, I just wanted to come and tell you I knew your son and wanted to tell you I'm sorry for your loss. But you have to know, your son saved my life. And this went on for the next month and a half. People coming and knocking on the door and telling him how his son saved their lives. And that's why he lost his. And the old man sitting in the house with the portrait of my son, the hero, right? He's no longer depressed. He's excited. He's got this amazing portrait of his son. Pretty soon the old man dies. His estate comes up for auction. Every art dealer in Europe knows what it is. And they're going to bid on this art. They're going to have the greatest collection anybody could have. They're going to have the old man's collection. And they've brought their money. They're ready to go. They're ready to bid. So the auction starts out. They're all there. They're all yammering. They're all excited. They're all talking to each other. They're all boasting to each other. I'm going to have this collection. Don't you even bother to bid. I'm going to have it. Don't you even bother to bid. This collection belongs in our family. So the auctioneer steps up. And he says, We're going to begin to open the estate sale of whatever the man's name was, okay? And everybody's, all right! Oh, man, I can't wait! So the first thing the auctioneer does is he picks this picture and he has the guy hold it up and set it right there on the easel. They go, what is that? We're not here for that. What is that? And an old guy sitting there that used to caretake for the old man, he goes, that's a picture of the old man's son. Looks right smart in that uniform. He says, who will start the bidding? We're not here for that. We don't want to bid on that. We're not here for that. He said, who will give me $50 for it? No takers. Caretaker sitting there, the old guy that knew the family, knew the son. He said, Will you take 25 for it? I knew the son. 
I love this son. He's a great kid. So he starts the auction. He goes, 20, 25 going once, 25 going twice. 30, 30, 30. 25, he slams the gavel down. Bam! Sold. He grabs the podium. Takes it off. Sets it over there. And he says, that concludes our estate sale today. They go, what are you talking about? I've come all this way. I've spent all this money. When are we going to auction off the, the when are we going to auction off this this collection? That's what I'm here for. And they're raging. They're, they're just angry. And the auctioneer says, you must understand, it was in the old man's will that whoever takes the son gets it all. You must understand, it's in the old man's will that whoever takes the son gets it all. just wanted to put it in perspective for you one last time. How many here would say I'm a little out of sorts right now? Some days I'm not even sure if I'm in the old man's will. And I kind of fear a little bit that I might be like Peter I can give the revelation. But I don't have the impartation. If Jesus was to come tonight, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where I stand. I know what I'd like to think. But I'm not absolutely positive. but I want to be in the old man's will. And in order to be in his will, I have to take the sign. Perhaps you're hearing you say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Anybody here you say, that's me. Would you pray for me? That's you. Would you just raise your hand? You say, that's me. Would you pray for me? Yeah, all over here. Yeah, I have a revelation of God. I can say he's the son of God. But 
But I need an impartation. I need an intimate, close relationship with Jesus Christ. I've kind of been living my own thing and doing my own thing. that's you, can we pray together? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute? And can we pray together? Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I don't want to just say the right thing. I want to be in Christ. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God. That you died for my sins. You paid the price with your life for my life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come and sit on the throne of my heart and be the Lord of my life. Tonight, I want to make my life Non-negotiable to Satan. Jesus, take my heart and transform it. Take my mind and renew it. Jesus, tonight, Write my name down in the Lamb's book of life. Lord Jesus, save me. Thank you, Jesus. How many would say tonight, I'm through negotiating? If that's you, I just want you to come to the altar. I just want to pray for you. Say, I'm through negotiating. through paying for the house that God's already paid for. Tonight, I'm making a statement. Devil, I'm not paying one more payment on this mortgage. Not one more. 
not interest payments, not one more. And you're not going to steal my intimacy with God anymore. Even when I'm in a dark place, I know that He has prayed me through already. And He is changing my heart in the process so that I'm not overcome with worry and fear and what if. Because fear is based on speculation, what if? Truth is based on revelation, what is? No more. No more. Just waiting. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.